0: While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. An
1: anointing, as Pastor alluded to, is to teach or empower the people of God with biblical principles to take what you have to create money to advance the kingdom of God. Every teaching I do if it's not marital related we do a lot of marriage ministry in our churches, got from Atlanta there But teaching the people of God how to practically apply God's Word in the financial arena So that you can take what God has already given you to create money to advance the kingdom of God in Most churches primarily the african-american church money is the obstacle money is the holdup But I believe today that we're going to begin to change that's are you ready? alright so if you would help me out in the back powerpoint let's get rolling gotta figure out where to look at Okay, so I will look behind me does that work in the back for me if it doesn't worry about it not a problem All right, so if you would let's jump into the word of God on this morning again I'm gonna turn over here a little bit again what I want to do is something called back to basics God's plan for your money in his life let me say it a little slower God's plan for your money in your life There you go now. I'm going to try to trick you this morning if you don't pay attention. The thing we have to understand, I want to give you a biblical, a kingdom plan for finances. And I believe today that if you take to heart some of the things that we will share, I know no matter where you are, your life will radically change financially. Don't let the enemy tell you that because you're a certain age, it's too late for you. Not true. Don't let him tell you because of your past failures that you can't turn things around. Not true. Some of you all are still in college. Not true. You still can walk in the blessings of God. And I want to share with you today some kingdom principles on how to do that. When you consider the Bible in Matthew 25, 14 through 16, the Bible reads something like this. Let me get my eyes adjusted here. You know, I got a little A, B, 60 this year. So I got my A. I get a little adjusted here. Let's see here. Hallelujah, six is coming up fast, my God, in less than six weeks. All right, here we go. My God, how did this happen, Father? But thank you for it. Again, at the New Living Translation, the Bible says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the stir of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money and to them while he was gone. So the first observation I want you to see there is the standpoint that he gave them his money. And my simple observation is you must understand that what? You are a steward. And God the Father has given you the privilege to manage his money. But here's the key. You must find out how God wants his money managed. Not how your mama did it and your daddy did it and your cousin did it. But it's imperative that we find out how God does it. Next verse. And then he talked about how he gave one five. He gave another one two. He gave another one, one, based on their faith. come on now, who come? I know my wife didn't say, "Uh uh-huh. I know she didn't say, "Uh uh-huh. But the Bible says what? Based on their what? Their several ability. He distributed not based on what he had, but what they had, the ability to manage his way. Second observation, I want you to jot this down. God gives you money based on your ability to handle it. I need you to get that kingdom principle. I don't care where you are financially. God is going to give you money based on your ability to handle it the way he handles it. And when you don't do that, then guess what? He's not going to give it to you. So let's get rolling this morning. Next slide, please. All right, let's go on a journey. Here we go. As we get the next slide here, these are the four principles that the Father has given me to help people transform their lives financially. Remember, it doesn't matter where you are right now in life. It all matters where the Father wants you to be. And I believe that the Bible says that God wants you to increase more and more, you and your children. I believe that God talks about how he wants to, he gives you the power to get wealth so you can build bigger barns. So what? So you can, may establish his covenant. We as a people must understand that God wants us to walk in the Abrahamic covenant. And there are four basic steps I want to cover today. Number one, I'm going to cover about six or seven principles to teach you how to conform to the word of God. That is the starting point, learning how to conform to God's word or to walk out God's word. The second thing I'm going to look at is we're going to tell you how to control spending. It is imperative that you learn how to build a a Bible-based spending plan. For the enemy wants to try to tell you that budgeting restricts you. But you're going to learn today that budgeting is kingdom. And then I think this coming Wednesday, you'll learn more about kingdom budgeting. The third thing that we're going to share with you this morning is how to cut Ted. And if your name is Ted out there, I'm not picking on you. But we're going to teach you how to cut a few things in your life that can create money and bring financial transformation. And finally, we're going to show you based on not William's opinion. It is now because it's God's opinion. But based on the word of God, how to create money. And I want you to jot this down in case you nod on when you miss it later on. Money is nothing but an idea. And if you lack money, it's because you lack ideas. And we're going to teach you this day how to think in the Holy Ghost, to begin to tap money, to expand the kingdom of God, because remember, you're a steward. And the great thing about being a steward, see, I don't own a house, but I got God's house. And God is so nice that though I'm a steward over his house, I get to live in it. I don't have any cars, but guess what? God lets me be stewards over his cars, and guess what? I can drive his cars when I want to, why? I get that privilege. God's even given me steward over my lovely wife. But that's all I'm gonna say on a Sunday morning, hallelujah. But thank you, Jesus, that's all I'm gonna say. Hey, next slide, please. I need you to understand that one of the greatest enemies that we have is our mindset. And it is very important, next slide, please see notice what the first point says it says that the system that impoverished you can never empower you the system the system that impoverished you can never empower you paul said in romans 12 and 2 he says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may experience what i call the gap of god his good his acceptable and his perfect will The enemy, notice, 95% of most people at the age of 65 will be broke. At the age of 65, only 5% of the people will be self-sufficient. All because we all buy into the same impoverishing system of the world. And God is telling us, don't copy what they do. And notice what it says up there, that the only limitation that you have in life is how you think. It's not your ethnicity, it's not the color of your skin, it's not the education that you have, though that's important. But the only limitation that keeps you from walking in God's abundance financially is the trash that's in your mind that you've allowed to come in by the world. Does that make sense to anybody? And understand this, that poverty is a disease of the mind. And the battlefield is your mind. The enemy wants to keep you thinking payday to payday is acceptable. He wants you to believe that you can't tithe. Well, you can't afford not to tithe. He wants you to believe that you don't make enough. I I don't buy into that. He wants you to believe that debt is a part of your life. But as the believer, God needs you to live in the wealthy place. Why? Because he has a kingdom that used to be established and built up. The last thing I want to focus in on today is the process. I want to take about the next 12 minutes and walk you through the process of renewing your mind to the Word of God. Understanding how to practically apply God's Word in the financial arena. The process is very simple. First of all, we have to, number one, get a promise from God's Word. Got to get a promise. And then as we meditate upon that promise night and day, then we'll get revelation or insight that will activate a principle. And then as you get that principle, now comes the practical application. Because far too long, we pray the word, we teach the word, we sing the word, we confess the word. But the challenge is we're not doing the word. So let's get started this morning. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, next slide, please. I forgot to tell you all, it's okay to smile. So oh, Let me just try. Come on, let me get a big smile now especially to my men if i don't see my brother smile i may come out there and just hug one of my brothers in jesus name of course so let me look around make sure thank you thank you okay now yeah oh here we go it's gonna get better look around okay sister, you can thank you all right now thank you brother okay all right brother's looking tough in church it's okay i know you're tough and got it going i respect that but here we go if you notice in psalms 119 and 9 i love this verse here we're gonna put it all together and make make it come together But David says, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways, but by taking heed to your word, O Lord. One translation says it like this. How can somebody get out of the mess they're in or get off the track that they're on? You ever felt like you were just sort of going around a circle. Get paid. Pay my bills. Creditors calling. Get paid. Pay my bills. He said, how can you stop the madness? How can you stop living payday to payday? And David said, the answer is to take heed to the Word of God. Guys, as a retired CPA, there are financial strategies that I know. But the greatest advice I can give any believer, if you want to transform your life financially, is learn how to practically walk out the Word of God. If you become a consistent doer of God's Word, money will never be an issue. Next slide. Let's get into it now. As we talk about conforming to the Word, over in Genesis 12 and 3, that's the story of Abraham. And the Abrahamic covenant is being established. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you to do what? To be a blessing. That's the promise of God's Word. Now the principle I want you to get is simply this. God wants you and I to be more than blessed he wants us to be a blessing see so often believers will say I am blessed and thank God for being blessed but the Abrahamic covenant that we walk in says that we can have more than being blessed see blessed says that my family can go to, on vacation blessed says that I can pay my tithe and offering blessed says that I own a house blessed says that I own a car But a blessing says that I can help somebody else buy a house. A blessing says that I can help somebody else go to Winston, Salem, State University. I'm over in Aggie country, though. I'm not an Aggie. I ain't got Aggie pride here now. But the point is a blessing says to you that you have more than enough that you can help other people. And notice what the bottom part of that says here. See, you have to, as believers, we must understand that we need to have excess. Number one, to take care of whose house? They say, oh, y'all, well, y'all smart. Take care of God's house. Number two, take care of what? What is this? Your houses. Come on, think plurality. God wants you to have enough one to take care of his house to take care of your houses, this? Oh, and quick sidebar, how many have children? You know, very quickly, Proverbs 14, 19, and 4, I think says this, House and riches are the inheritance of the Father. So we often say how a good man leaveth that inheritance to his children, children, but well, Proverbs 19 and 4 tells us that a house and money is an inheritance. So I believe that for every child you have, you should give them house and money. Right, amen. Don't be scared now. Oh, Word of God. So you see, your children's children and others. I want that to sink in. This is why the Father needs us blessed to take care of His house. Our houses, the house of others, and the house of our children's children. See, right now, by the grace of God, my daughter's 17. And her and I together are already working on the inheritance I'm leaving her children. We've covered it this summer. Joy Victoria already knows what her parents have done and continue to do. That if her and her husband, spirit-filled, loving God, man of God, come in the right timing... Got to go by daddy, talk to daddy first. That that man, yeah. Already we've set in trust for her, not just for her, but her grandchildren, or my grandchildren. And by the grace of God, that when they're of age, that fund should be close to $11 million. Amen. And she knows what she has. She's already seen. But again, it's not me. It's all because of the teaching I've gotten that you all are getting here The kingdom mindset. Next slide, please. All right. The next slide tells the story of Isaac. Isaac's in a famine in Genesis 26. And Isaac is thinking about going to Egypt, but God says, Don't go, stay right here. I'm going to bless you here. And the Bible says that in the same year, Isaac sold, sold and he got a hundredfold return. So my principle I want you to draw from that is plain and simple. We must become what? Consistent what? Investors. I know sometimes you may get a little irritated about who's in the White House. Don't worry about that. I know you may get a little irritated about you hearing that a recession's coming in a few years. Don't worry about that. But just like Isaac did, a kingdom principle is we must be consistent in our sowing and investing. And there are four things that every believer must invest in if you want to get that hundredfold return. What's investment number one? Saints of God, we got to be committed to the tithe and offering. Even when you hear there's a layoff on your job, you got to be committed to tithe and offering. Even when your, college, your daughter is one year from going to college, you got to be committed to tithe and offering. Even though the car breaks down, there has to be a commitment to tithe and offering. But it doesn't stop there. What's the next place you got to invest in? You got to invest in others. Joy and I set aside on our spending plan a seed to give to other people every month. And it is critical that the Bible talks about there is he that withhold too much. You come to poverty. But there's a man who sows. He gets increase. And it is imperative that we consistently sow to other people to let them know that God has not forgotten you. What's the third area I need to sew into consistently? What is it? Things. Things. Do you not know, and I think a man is coming in two weeks to talk about investments. It is critical that you understand your company's 401k plan or 403 plan or 457 plan or pension plan. I want you to jot these numbers down. And this is what I put before my daughter. Now I know some of you all are close to my age, but right now everybody here is 40. You're 40 for today. If you're able to invest $1,000 a month, jot it down, counting what you put in and your employer, $1,000 a month, husband and wife, doesn't matter, counting husband and wife, employers match, over a 20 year period, at 11%, that is $1 million. Let me say it slower $1,000, you husband match part, you're all 40, remember? over 20 year period at about an 11% that is one million dollars that is one million dollars that is one million dollars and those are the kind of things we teach people how to do because money is nothing but what an idea and if you lack money why do you lack money you got I like the way you all think what's the last point back there you got to invest in your financial literacy Most people of color will not invest in them, and as Pastor alluded to out of Hosea 4 and 6, people of God are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But then it says this, because we've rejected it. How many of you all are going to come out the next couple of Wednesday nights? I know school is just starting, and I know it's hump day, and I know there are things to be done. But that's all part of investing in your financial literacy. And Hosea said we are destroyed. Why? Because we have rejected. We've chosen to watch the, the Clemson Georgia take a State game instead of coming to Bible study. We, we, we've chosen to, 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 to watch whatever comes on on Wednesday night instead of Bible study. We have to invest in our financial literacy. I remember years ago, I was taking my daughter probably about 10 years ago now. Boy, well now probably about 8 Taking her to elementary school and in the back I look and she says, Daddy, I've come to learn. <laughs> That's kind of taught my daughter to do. I, I, I'll tell you stories later on about that. Yes. I've come to learn as a fourth grader. I've come to learn that the more you learn, the more you earn. Wow. What? Yes. Daddy, the more you learn, the more you earn. And I will say to the people of God, the more you learn how to practically apply God's word, yes, the more you will earn. And there will be things coming in your life that you cannot explain. My wife and I bought our first house, God, some 30, or well, 36 years ago. And God allowed us to pay that house off in a year's time. And the balance was more than what we made. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm a math guy. I don't know where all the money came. Nobody died, didn't play the lottery, didn't sell illegal drugs. We just simply worked the word and we gave. And as we put it before the Lord, within one year, the father paid that house off. And to this day, all I can say is it was God. And when you do the word, amen. When you learn how to do the word, there'll be financial things that will happen in your life according to Deuteronomy 6 that you cannot explain. You cannot explain why you got that job. I ain't even apply for it, but I wanted it. You won't even explain why your boss calls you in and gives you a 30% raise and they're laying people off. There needs to be things that happen in your life that you cannot explain. And it's all because you learn how to do this. And there's so many stories of 36 years that I could go in, but time does not allow. Next slide, please. This is what I love here. The principle is found in Rebecca 2 and 2. Again, we're talking about the principle, the promise, and the practical application. In Habakkuk 2 and 2, the Bible says to write the vision to make it plain so that he that readeth can run with it. And here's the principle that you got to get this. And I know my wife and my child may throw something at me because they're tired of hearing daddy say these words. And it goes, an unwritten plan is impossible to follow. What is your plan to give more to the kingdom of God? What's your plan to eliminate debt? What's your plan to get a promotion on your job? What's your plan to empower your kids financially? What's your plan to raise your credit score? And I believe that every believer who names the name of Jesus, you should have a written plan that provides you the possibility to live the dream life. How many have dreams in their life? I mean, you got dreams. But do you have a plan to fulfill those dreams? And from the word of God, here it is. Number one, you got to write it. Write it out. Write the plan. It needs to be simple. You need to regularly do it. And as Nike said, you just need to do it. An unwritten plan is impossible to follow. What am my married people at? Don't be disclaiming. You ain't raised your hand. My wife didn't even, Pastor, my wife didn't even raise her hand. Jesus, we need some marital counseling. Cut cut it. We need marital counseling. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to say it again. Everybody who's married, raise your hand. Thank you. You need to have a written plan within time to live on one income. Proverbs 31. Talks about the virtuous woman. Here's the principle. Though your wife may work, her income should not be required to make the family budget work. Now, women, please hear me. You're recording me. I am not saying that women should not work. (laughs) Repeat I am not saying that women should not work. I'm saying that a goal, a goal, a goal that the family should have is though a wife may work, her income is not required. To make the family budget work. My wife and I have been a part of Evangel over in Greensboro for 36 years or 35 and a half years now. And that was the first teaching that our man of God gave us. I did not learn that in the CPA exam or Ernst and Winnie or in school. But I learned it because I came out to a Bible study, my wife and I. And our man of God spoke a principle that radically changed our lives. And that's why you can never undervalue what comes across this pulpit. Yep, I know Pastor Tony puts his pants on like you do. I know he's a man like you are. But he'll give you shepherds according to the heart of God. More than half of what I've learned about money, I have learned in church. I've learned in church. Because if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. Next slide, please. Oh, I love 2 Kings 4. Oh, this is my favorite one here. If you were to read 2nd Kings chapter 4, it tells about a widow and a pot of oil. And her husband had died. And the Bible says the creditor is coming to take her two sons to be slaves. And she goes to Elijah. And she says, and Elijah asked her this question. Tell me, what shall I do for you? And then he says, what hast thou in the house? He asked her, what do you have in the house? And like so many people, the enemy hoodwinks us and tells us, I ain't got nothing. No, no. The question is, what do you have? I don't have a 401k. That wasn't the question. What do you have? I don't have good credit. No, no. Tell me, what do you have? I don't have a PhD. I don't have a husband. I don't have. No, no, no. The question is, what do you have in the house? See, people of God, we have to stop looking at what we don't have. But start focusing in on what we do have. Because it's what you do have that's going to create what you don't have. You have pots of oil to create money regardless of your age. And notice what the principal said. I want you to read this with me. Can you all see that okay? If not, squint a little bit. Just your by focus like I have to do. Let's go. Count of two. One, two. God wants to take what you have to create what you need. Come on, work with me on that. God, come on, work with me. God wants to take what you have to create what you need. One more time. God wants to take what you have to create what you need. And people of God, if I can get you to get that, because the enemy wants to tell you what you don't have, And let me give you four things quickly that you have that can create money. I need you to be honest with me. How many will be honest this morning? All right. I got half the church going to be honest. All right. Even my wife didn't raise her hand again. And my daughter didn't either. Jesus. How many like the Thompsons, you have some debt? Let me see. Debt. Okay. And sometimes your debt gets you a little discouraged, doesn't it? But God wants to do what? Take what you have. Let's assume for a minute that you are paying $2,000 a month in debt. Student loans, mortgage, credit card, car note. We show people in about a 90-day period how to get that debt from $2,000, let's say down to about $1,600. Now, are you debt-free? But can somebody tell me what just happened? You just created... Come on, you just created. How much money? The people of God. See, the enemy doesn't tell you that, does he? See, your debt is one of the greatest sources of tax free money that you have. But it's critical that you develop a kingdom plan to attack debt. My wife and I, a couple of months ago, we paid her car off. We paid off two credit cards. And those two, and we, we've got some real estate stuff we're paying off now. But those three in debt, and it's freed up $800 a month. So I need you to start thinking that if you have debts, say glory to God right now. Glory to God. If you have debt, you have a pot of tax-free money. Oh, it's time to reiterate this again. It's okay to smile. Come on, it's okay to smile. Thank you, thank you. Come on now. Now, saints, I'm crazy enough, and I love Jesus. I don't see you, so I'll come out and hug you. I guess somebody need a hug. I mean, okay. And if you only need a few hugs, let me come on out here, okay? <laughs> and if it wasn't my first time, I'd do it though. But come on, saints, work with me. We're trying to get you to the kingdom here. Look at the second thing that's up there. E expenses. How many have expenses? Well, you got money. We teach a simple principle called the ten ten principle. We say, look at 10 ways you spend money and reduce 10 expenses, $10 a month. Now, my daughter says she a math whiz. I'm going to find out this morning. What's 10 times 10? What's 10 times 20? Oh, man, what's 10 times 30? All right, here we go. People of God, if you can simply look at 10 ways you spend money and within time have a plan to reduce those 10 ways $20 a month, that is $200 a month you've just created. Your, your expenses that the enemy worries you about is a pot of oil. I get $400 from my debt within time. I'm not debt free. I get $200 from my expenses. People of God, let me say, I ain't too good at math, but let me. That's $600 a month. And what if every member of Fellowship Church got half of that, three hundred, and then in addition to your tithe and offering, you sold hundred. And what if just fifty you all got the revelation? I need your help, Joe, Victoria. What's fifty members times a hundred dollars? Don't let your daddy down now. <laughs> fifty members times hundred dollars that is five thousand dollars do you see why understanding the Word of God is so key 50 members giving an extra hundred dollars that is five thousand dollars more a month you, you get to keep too but look how much more we could do in ministry the same thing about taxes many of you all get tax refunds back Talk to your tax people about what you can do to get that in your refund. And the final, I'm sorry, I skipped one. And business. Business. How many you're good at doing something that's legal? Raise your hand. I said legal now, so half the hands may go down. They're legal. All right, then. All right so why wouldn't you convert that to a business some of you all are good at making cookies anybody make good oatmeal raisin cookies where you at when you start your business okay when you start your business put me on auto ship i don't need it because my wife and i do work out four days a week at the while. we do we step but the point i want to make is convert that hobby to a business how many are good at technology stuff that could be how many are good at cooking and the whole point is, that's a pot of oil that the devil wants to try to tell you. Nobody wants it. Man, there was a guy years ago named Famous Amos. <laughs> <laughs> Little video cookie. And by the way, they've gotten small over the years, too. <laughs> Multi-million dollar company over one product, a cookie. And I venture to say that your oatmeal raisin cookies and yours are probably better than his cookie. But he had a mindset to say, I can monetize this. Monetize your passion. Come on, write this down. Write this principle down. Come on. A perfected passion produces prosperity. Oh, my boy, teach that thing, Sister Thompson. A perfected passion produces prosperity. A perfected passion produces prosperity. A perfected passion. Discover your passion, perfect it, and it will make you a lot of money. God graces me by running my mouth about money. I am blown away how people will come to my office, go online, and they'll buy my financial stuff. And I'm like, God, I just love doing it. You have gifted me. I get to run my mouth about money and the Bible. Oh, my God, I get paid for it. And my wife and daughter spin it all. Praise the Lord. But thank you, Jesus. No, they're really good. Find your passion. Perfect it. Perfect it. And it will produce prosperity for you. Next slide, please. This coming Wednesday, the gentleman is going to speak to this. In Luke 14, 28, the Bible says this. Which of you... Intend to build a tower that you don't sit down first to count the cost Lest you have sufficiency to complete it or in everyday English How many of you all would build a house and not know what the total cost is going to be? And and here's the principle a Spending plan allows you now to have authority over your money. You now can tell your money money go to the fellowship church 10% 10% plus a 5% offering. Money, go and attack my mortgage so it's paid off in seven years. Lord, go and money, go into the dating fund so me and my wife can go out to date and, and play toesies under the table and love on one another. You need a spending plan that it's is Bible-based that will allow you to give authority. Just like you have authority over the devil. Now why is it as believers we have authority over the devil but we ain't got authority over our money? I can tell the devil, get under my feet. I can cast the devil out, but we can't pay our bills on time. But here's the practical application. I'll show you more in a little bit. Your first step is to figure out every way you spend money. And jot these three categories down because I'm going to take about 20 minutes and wrap it up. Your total debt, you need to know. Debt is anything with an outstanding balance that'll be paid off one day, like your mortgage, like your student loans, like your credit cards, like your car. Get a total for your debt. Second of all, your living expenses. These are ongoing expenses like your tithe and offering, like your life insurance, your gasoline, your cell telephone, etc. And the third thing is life your fun stuff, and then for your clothing, getting your hair done, dating your spouse, going to the basketball game, going to operas and plays. You guys have a lot of things at the Stevens Center here. I mean, I, I love that kind of stuff. And you put that number together, includes your savings too, and when you total that, that tells you what we call your financial number. How many in here you know your age? Let me see your hand. You know your age. Okay. Okay. I'm glad my family raised their hand that time. Thank you, Jesus. How many know at least a part of your cell phone number? I know that's a little tough now. Maybe no part of your cell phone number. Okay. How many know your address where you currently live? Okay. Y'all doing good. But how many people know your financial number or exactly what you need monthly to live an enjoyable and a comfortable life? Let me see your hands. Don't be scared to raise your hand. I'm not you, young lady. My wife, I'm fussing at her. Yeah. <laughs> we need four thousand two hundred and is it ten or eleven? About forty-two, eleven. We need per month. That includes everything. We used to be fifty something last year. But if we put four thousand two hundred and eleven dollars in the bank, we can give unto the Lord. We can pay our mortgage. We can date one another. Okay, stop out of sure, okay. You gotta remember I'm not at a marriage retreat anymore, okay? We can sow seed to individuals, we can pay our bills on time, and we can save. And that's what you're gonna learn Wednesday night, the importance of that. And you can see it's Bible based. All right. Hit a few more and I gotta wrap it up. Next slide, please. Oh, I like this one. This is gonna happen in two weeks concerning saving and investing. The Bible in Proverbs 21 and 20 says this. The wise man saves for the future. But a foolish man spends whatever he gets. That's what the Bible says in the Living Bible. The wise man is saving for the future. But a foolish man spends all his money. But as believers sometimes we've gotten foolish because we spend all our money. And look what the principle says. Savings is the one bill. The one bill that most Christians are delinquent in paying. Come on. Savings is the one bill. And here's the practical application. We as believers should save the same way that we should pay tithe and offering and pay our bills. God gets his 10 plus. The bills get paid. And I'm going to save before I get my hair done. Don't y'all laugh about that now. I'm going to save before I even date my wife. Because we have to have priority. And I'm going to find a way to date my lady. I'm going to find a way. But I need you to understand. You need to start seeing savings as a bill to yourself. All right, next slide, please. Here's one on debt. Debt in Nehemiah chapter 5 the story is told about the children of Israel crying and weeping you know why because they had sold their kids into slavery now some of you all are saying how do I do that brother Thompson don't think that way <laughs> because they could not pay their taxes or their food they could not take care of the necessities of life so they had to sell their kids into slavery and could not get them back did somebody say glory yeah. no, no, well, now watch out now here yeah. Look at the principle here Never allow debt to enter your life Until you clearly mark its exits Or another way of saying it Before you incur any debt Already have a written plan to get it paid off early My wife and I are going to be buying another car We're in agreement in about two months Why two months? That's when the 2020s come in And we will buy 2019 that's new But before we buy that car, we will already have a written plan on how we're going to pay the. We may get a five-year loan, but we will pay it off in two years or less. We will not speak it by faith alone. We will not think it. We will not pray it alone. We will have a written plan that we agree on. We will get the car and we will activate the plan and within two years, by the grace of God, it's paying off. Why? Why? Because we never allow debt to enter our lives until we've clearly marked the exit. God's Word is practical. I could give you some tax strategies, but they will not help you as much as the Word will help you. I could give you some growing business. I could teach you how to flip real estate. We do that, growing and all that stuff. But the best advice I can give people is to learn how to practically apply His Word in every area, but today it's about finances. And if we can get you people of God learning how to meditate night and day upon His promises and then getting kingdom principles and then walking them out, I, I guarantee, I guarantee that you will see a transformation that's beyond your belief but the enemy remember the system that impoverished you will never empower you and he wants you to get another job so you can't come to bible study he wants you to get another job so you don't spend intimate time with your spouse or your children or your god and see, Pastor's doing this series on management, and my wife would tell you the thing that the Lord spoke to me the first of this year, and I never had thought about it, is life management. And here's the principle I want you to keep in mind people's lives are so mismanaged that they appear to be busy, but they accomplish nothing. This creates frustration and a sense of hopelessness. And most of you all, you could finish this sentence. If I said to you all, saints i don't have enough blank and blank what would you say <laughs> see how we've been so conditioned everybody said you didn't say well you don't have enough hair you could have said that you don't have enough cars but everybody said time and money and i believe that life management enhances money management So in our coaching system, we are emphasizing, let us teach you how to manage your life, and we'll get your money in order. Give me 10 minutes, I'm going to wrap it up, Or 15. Here we go. Next slide, please. Over in Genesis 30, 25 through 30, the story is told about Jacob and Laban. Jacob has found a young lady he's in love with. He gets tricked, and he ends up having to work 14 years for her, but he got her. Sounds like me working for my wife but I got her hallelujah maybe she got me but we're together hallelujah but notice in that verse he works a job and the bible says that Laban came to him one day and says listen I've learned by experience that God has profited me because of you and check this out He said, appoint me your wages. He said, in other words, tell me what you want to be paid, and I'll pay you. Let me say that slower. His boss came to him and says, because you have made such a difference in my company, you and your God, tell me what you want to be paid, and I'm going to pay you. Let me tell you how he did that. I'm going to read this bad part. You have to begin to see your job. I'm sorry, work on your job as you would work at church. Under the anointing, drawn from the power of God. Ask God to help you solve problems on your job. See, when you learn to solve your problems, that's how you create money. When you learn to solve the problems of others, that's how you create wealth. And what he did here, first of all, God got the praise. Because this man acknowledged it's because of your God. So when you go on your job and you work unto Lord, this is what happens. God gets the praise. Your company gets the profits. And you get the promotion. Read the word. God gets the praise. Your employer gets the profits. And you get the promotion. All right, I'm going to wrap up here. A few more. Hit the next one for me, please. Keep going. Keep going. I have about about 13 minutes here and I'm behind schedule but the second major thing that you must do people of God is you must get rid of the disorganization. See disorganization is the death of any dream. Many of you all your finances look a lot like that and one day I'll get organized. Next slide please. Keep going. Here we go. You're gonna learn this coming week this spending plan. Notice under this total column, this couple is bringing in six thousand dollars. Their debt is three fifty. Their living expenses is twenty one. Their life is nine. So their total outflow is sixty five hundred dollars. They are five hundred dollars a month in the hole. How do you think their marriage is now? How do you think the time with their children is, or the time with their God? It's not good. But let me show you something called bridging the gap. I'm gonna start wrapping things up and respect your time. Hit a couple of slides for me. Next slide, please. I talked about that. Next one, please. One more. Okay. Remember, every problem has multiple solutions. When the average person comes and becomes a part of our coaching program, this is normally what I'm handed. They're normally about $500 in the hole. They're not tithing, they're frustrated, they're mad at God, they're mad at their spouse, they're mad at the world. But we tell them that every problem has multiple solutions. And this is what we call bridge in the gap in one of our systems. The first thing we tell them to do is to cut some of the fat in your life. This is a real live example from a couple that we got them to cut $300 and we simply said, number one, reduce your eating out and your clothing. They were spending $800 a month eating out because they were doing the work of the Lord. They were disorganized. I got a question for you. If you were to cut your eating out in half, if you were to cut your eating out in half, who would have some money? Let me see your hand. And you thought you didn't have any money. The Bible over in Proverbs, I can't quite pull up my mind now. It says, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not prosper. He that loveth eating out excessively. He that loveth bling bling. He that loveth custom stuff. He that loveth, I don't know, 28-inch rims, 30-inch rims. He that loveth. Ride, ribs, and rags Are going to be poor Of course in Jesus' name (laughs) But it's the mindset we live in So we got them to reduce eating out Clothing 300 Then we showed them how to attack debt They did not pay all their debt out But in about three months They paid off a debt that was taking 150 And then we told them to Look at your living expenses Look at your insurance Your cell phone bill, etc And let's get the 10-10 theory activated And then we showed them how to get their tax refund. We sat down and did a quick tax analysis based on the new tax laws that are just very different in 18 and we projected how they were going to still get about a $3,600 refund and we showed them how to get their refund in their paycheck right now, $300. Then we said, okay, you got a talent, a skill, let's start a business. And we gave them principal things in starting a business. And in about four months, they were making about $300 a month. So within about a six-month time period, this couple, which is very normal, went from being in the hole $500 a month to having a positive cash flow of $750. And they were able to pay their tithe consistently, give their offering, and they were able to date. Now, Now, maybe I'm mixing somebody up, but even after a while, She got pregnant. Now I know y'all don't want children, but I'm just telling you the power of obeying the word of God, it just brings increase. I'm teasing about that last part. I'm not, I don't remember whether or not. But I want you to understand that I don't care where you are financially, every one of your problems has multiple solutions. And I know the enemy wars in your mind to tell you, but Brother Thompson, my situation's different. Brother Thompson, my stuff is unique. Brother Thompson, you've probably never seen a mess like mine. People of God, we have. We have. See, one thing I've learned about my God, it doesn't matter what the mess is in your life.